Welcome back to another We Watch, We Collect podcast episode, episode number 10. Yes, sir. We made it. Episode number 10. Even though we recorded uh, nine, no less than an hour ago, but who cares? Uh, we got episode number 10 here, which is it's a pretty good feeling to make it to number 10. That's yes. pretty good. Yes, sir. Here we go, Castagnon. It feels so good to have reached double digits. So uh, let's make this a, a fun one. Let's make it good. So episode nine, we did mainly all baseball news, things that went on in the past week, a little over a week. Um, in this episode, it's going to be all hobby related because I ran into an article that uh, I had read. I thought it was pretty interesting, even though it's been something that's been talked about in the hobby already. But I I thought it was something we could talk about. But before right. we do that, uh, have you bought anything lately? Honestly, I have not. But Baseball I, related. Yes, baseball related. I have not, but um, we're coming up on Bowman season here in, in the next week or so. Yep. And I've just been looking at all, not just uh, of this year's product, but product I've been wanting to get for a number of years now and I just got reinvigorated for my love of the hobby and particularly the baseball side because I have the urge of not just to get into the new stuff that will be coming out like as I said um, for the most part starting with Bowman but uh, just uh, in general because uh, I think we talked about it a few weeks ago just this year's going to be a fun year in the hobby and I did a lot of homework, so I haven't bought anything yet, but now I know much more what I'm looking to get in the future. So how about yourself? Honestly, no, <laughs> no, nah, not really. Sold a couple of cards, though, but not really buying anything lately. I'm just kind of waiting for certain particular products to come out. Yeah. So but in um and some of the products that are coming out soon and some that have already been out. Uh, one product that already came out, it came out the 22nd, which I think it was Friday. Yeah. Because, again, today is Sunday, the 24th. Mm-hmm. Um, 2021 uh, Panini Prism Draft Picks came out. Yeah. So... Which is a product we have opened together before. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've opened a couple of times, which is... <laughs> Uh, funny story. Well, not not funny, but it's kind of interesting that I think the first year that I opened, uh, twenty, I think it was twenty nineteen Prism draft picks. I pulled a Jason Dominguez red, autograph, red, white, and blue parallel number to ninety nine. Yeah, sticker, and I actually sold it to you. You did, and yeah. I still have that card. Yeah, nice. So, and and at that time, I didn't even know what I had. Right. Yeah, which was actually pretty funny. But yeah, that's as much as I have with Prism draft picks. No, that's not true. I have my, um, I think from that same. No, I think it's twenty. I think it's twenty nineteen draft picks. I have a, a nearly completed rainbow of Cameron Cannon. I don't know if you've seen it. Yes, I have. It's I the one, the gold vinyl that I have. It's yes. the number to five gold vinyl. Yes, I have. Yeah, I'm missing. Uh, uh, there's two one of ones, and I'm missing both of them. 
Only a matter of time, Castagnon. Yeah. Only a matter of time. Which is weird because I haven't haven't lo- looked on eBay or anything for it. I'm gonna have to get back on that because I'm I'm missing two. You should. Your rainbows are so awesome. Yeah. But uh, that's as much as I have for Prism draft picks. But I mean, well, I guess what a lot of people don't know is that Panini Prism draft picks, they usually have guys that are both internationally signed guys and the guys who were drafted in the 2021 draft. Yeah. And a, a lot of lesser known guys. Like, yeah. for example, Jason Dominguez. Like, I didn't know who he was at that time. I didn't know what I had. Same here for the most part. Yeah. But, I mean, Prism Draft Picks tends tends to do that. Um, a lot, And then, again, majority of it is all, well, 100% of it is all sticker auto. But, I mean, for Prism in general, for Panini, you don't go after the autos. No, it's all about parallels. Yeah. You, it's all about the color. It's all about rainbow building if you're into that. But that's, that's what it's all about is yeah. that color chasing. I, I will always appreciate Prism, whether it be just normal Prism, Prism draft picks, just those colors always pop. Yeah. Plus, I don't even know if Panini is doing Prism baseball this year, yeah. which I hope they do. I hope the design looks good because I didn't get it last year because I didn't like the design last year. Yeah, but you did get the last few years because they were good the last few years. Yeah. So we'll see. But I hope they do it this year, though. Uh, another product that's coming out on May 4th is 20, 2022 Bowman Baseball. Bowman season, man. Yep, it's coming. And then after that, Panini Select Baseball, May 18th. Uh, just going back to Bowman Baseball, uh, I don't know if the um, if the uh, if the checklist is released. I'm actually going to look right now. But I know Bowman Baseball is just Bowman in general is sought after no matter what. Prospecting is an art form in this hobby, in my opinion. Yeah, which uh, we're not, we're not prospectors or anything. I don't consider myself one. I'm not either, but it, it always has intrigued me. Yeah, but um, looking at it now, no checklist is uh is not out. But um, I guess I can go over what it's gonna look like. Um, first edition has already come out. Yes, which so. it wasn't really packed with a ton of stuff. Or even people that, uh, or even players that people are not really sought after. Yeah. But um, as of right now, um, for a hobby pack, it's cards per pack. There's 10 cards per pack or 32 uh, cards per pack in a jumbo. Packs per box for a hobby is 24 or 12 packs for a jumbo. And boxes per case is 12 or 8 boxes for uh, a case for jumbo. And the set size is only 100 cards. And expected pretty, release day is May 4th. Pretty standard. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, looking at it right now, I mean, the cards, I, I like this year's Bowman design. They're going to look so good in Chrome Parallels, dude. I like it. I like it so much. And with the thing with about a lot of people don't know when it comes to uh, Bowman Baseball. Now, there's a difference between Bowman Baseball, Bowman Chrome, and then the HTA and all that stuff. Bowman Baseball has both, both, both paper and chrome. Yes. So, usually it's like, if it's, uh, what did I say before? It was uh, 10 cards per pack. Usually, what, four of them will be chromes? Or maybe three? Usually, and they're right in the middle of the packs. Usually. 
Yeah. So, I mean, well, that's, that's what everyone's going after. Paper, it sells for, I guess, a good amount, but it's it's the chromes that everyone's going after, especially the first uh, first uh, first Bowman chrome. Yeah, a lot of the prospectors we mentioned, they do consider paper just to be fodder, but paper parallels and just paper base, they're, they're still cool. They're, they, yeah, they're nice. I mean, I like them. They're nice. Like, yeah, you, you can compare one to the other, but it's just cool either way, like... Uh, like this is just a small detail I always liked about uh, Bowman. Um, the chromes have, especially for like for first Bowmans, have like a blue outline, but the paper has yeah. a red outline. And as you know, we love red. Yep. And that red outline just looks clean, you know, especially if it's for our teams that are color match. So I always appreciate that about Bowman. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna try to go after, of course, Red Sox guys, but um. Uh, it's usually this time. I don't think they're be ad expensive because the guys are already out like Marcelo. Uh, and those guys, they're pretty much already out. So yeah, I don't know if there's be much Red Sox guys in there, but of course there's always a sought after team. That's usually higher priced than most when yeah. it comes to a group break or anything. And we, we also mentioned a few weeks ago, you know, the, it's going to be in Chrome, but uh, Jack lighter will be the example of that this year. Yeah. Which I mean, We'll have to wait till this checklist comes out. Of course, I'm looking at it online. I don't see a picture of his card on here, but maybe they're saving them for Bowman Chrome or even HTA. Yeah, you definitely mentioned that um, a few weeks ago, and I still think it holds true. Yeah. So, I mean, let's look at parallels that they got for these uh, for prospects. They have the sky blue, which is four to four ninety nine, neon green to three ninety nine, uh, fuchsia. At for two ninety nine. That sounds new. Yeah, yeah. Purple to two fifty. Blue to one fifty. Blue's always a one fifty. Yeah. Yellow to seventy five. Gold to fifty. Orange to twenty five. That's hobby only. Red to five. Platinum one and one. And of course the printing plates. Yes, and um, even though you didn't mention them, we like them. The shimmer parallels of some of those colors. I love the shimmers. And uh, we have several. Um, oh, I know, love the blue wave. Yeah, blue wave. Blue, the wave parallels are my favorite. But we we also do like shimmers because a lot of collectors don't like shimmers, which is understandable. They prefer solid colors. That's true. But the shimmers are nice cards. I I think every single chrome parallel is just nice. Yeah, some teams, even if it's not a color match, some colors just pop with certain teams' looks for some reason. Yep. And that is such a cool thing about Bowman. And then for, um, this is for Bowman Chrome prospects. Feature the same 150 players, only in chromium stock. Um, I guess the colors that I said are for paper. Yeah. Uh, these are for all the chrome parallels, which is a lot. Of course, the refractor to 499, which is the... I think next to the superfractor is probably the second most sought after color. I would Quote say unquote so. Quote, unquote, color. I consider it a color because it's, it's yeah, so pretty true. in person. And then, so we got Speckle to two ninety nine, Purple to two fifty, Fuchsia. Okay, so here we go: Fuchsia Refractor to one ninety nine, Fuchsia Lava to one ninety nine. Also, that, I'm curious, what does that look like? That, that's new to me. I haven't seen yeah, those parallels at all. I don't know what that looks like. Oh, there's a another good. No, there's a couple of them here that are that I'm curious about. Now I'm curious to see what they look like. So uh, I'll go. Keep going down the line. Blue refractor, obviously to one fifty. Blue shimmer to one fifty. There's no wave parallels. Anyway, hmm. um, 
Aqua Refractor to 125. Aqua Shimmer to 125. Check this one out, dude. Uh, green Mini Diamond Refractors to 99. Mini Diamond? Yeah. Is I don't I don't think the card is mini. I think... I'm going to assume that there's little itty bitty diamonds, green diamonds Whoa. in the refractor pillow. I already want to see all these in person. Now. That looks like, badass. Like, or that sounds badass. Like, I don't even care what the player is. I want to see just these parallels now. Yeah, I'd want one, honestly, so I can have one, so I can see what it looks like. Uh, yellow refractor to 75. Yellow mini diamond refractor also to 75. Uh, gold refractor to 50. Gold shimmer to 50. Uh... Orange is always hobby only to 25. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of over the orange as hobby only. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, red, to, red, red to five, red lava, dude. Oh, oh shit. That's the parallels that we really want right there. That one already sounds badass. And they don't have a picture of it on here. Usually they have it on the Beckett site, but they don't have it on here right now. Molten so that sucks. lava. Oh, man. But, um, yeah, red lava refractor to five. Printing plate, of course, is a one on one, and then the superfractor. So that's gonna be badass. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll just real quick. Um, autograph parallels are pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, but the only difference is there's no uh, diamond mini diamond, but there is a red lava refractor to five autograph. I'm pretty sure for retail they'll have that green camo in blisters or cello packs. It's not on here. I wonder if they got rid of those entirely or there's just not listing retail parallels at the moment. Uh, maybe they're not listing retail unless it's only hobby. Yeah. So. We'll, we'll figure it out here in the next few weeks. Yeah. But so far, I'm curious to see what the, what the green mini diamond refractor looks like and the red lava refractor. That one sounds badass. I want to see one. I, I want, want one. to see one. I want one. I want to see one as Red Sox, Angels, or Nationals. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, it's not visual because obviously the listener can't really see it. But the answers look pretty nice. Um, they have one here called High Five uh, Futures. Got a little like, like Saved by the Bell '70s look to it. Yeah. 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 Like it looks a little. Yeah, it looks a little '70s. Even like a little bit like the old school Top's Finest inserts a little bit. Yeah. In terms of 90s designs. So uh, what to expect in a hobby box? One autograph. 22-2 Bowman Invicta. One. Bowman in 3D. One. I don't know what that means. Bowman Scouts Top 100, of course. Six. Uh, High Five Futures. Four. Rookie of the Year Favorites. Three. And Virtuistic Vibrations. Three. Whoa. And then HTA Hobby Box, three autos and 12 Bowman Scouts top 100. Okay. And no checklist yet. I always liked some of the Bowman inserts. There's so many of them, but like they do look nice in chrome. Yeah. Bowman I inserts. Do, I do like them. And uh, I like you. Um, obviously, the checklist isn't out yet, but um, I haven't bought into Bowman the last uh, two, three years. And uh, I do miss it because, as I said, I'm not a prospector on the scale of a lot of other collectors are, but not just for my teams, but I just, I'm going to watch a lot of breaks of this Bowman. And here's another thing I've always considered about Bowman, Chris, and I don't know if it's just me, but I always see Bowman, Bowman Chrome, and Bowman Draft as basically the same set. 
They're yeah. just three parts of one big set to me. And then, and then the other thing is that a lot of people don't know is that every every player is probably on it, but each individual product has their first Bowman. Yeah. Like if this guy, like for instance here, they have an, an example of, of Colson Montgomery for the White Sox. He has a first Bowman in Bowman baseball. Mm-hmm. He will not have first Bowman in Bowman Chrome. Or Bowman Chrome HTA. He will not have that. I agree with you. And like just for, as another example, if he has a, another card in draft, it won't be first Bowman. But to me, the Bowman Chrome and the Bowman draft are still pretty much first Bowmans to me. Because yeah. especially if he's a prospect and it's the same calendar year, then yeah, the, the original one will have the first Bowman or the Chrome one. If, if he wasn't in the first one, he'll be in Chrome or draft or whatever. Like if he has multiple versions in the same calendar year, and he hasn't like really been called up for a full season, those are all the same first Bowman prospect cards to me. Yeah, that's just how I approach it. Even though the market won't always follow that, or other collectors won't always follow that, but it's just I see those three releases as the same set, just how like series one, series two, and update are. Yeah, that's just me though, as a collector. And then also. When does Bowman Draft come out? Like September? October? Sometimes October, November, December. Yeah, pretty late. And But not every uh, guy who gets drafted gets their first Bowman on Bowman Draft. Yeah. Which uh, sucks for, you know, collectors. But I get it. They can't put everybody in one product. They got to sell it. So yeah, These sets are configured very uniquely every year because you got the draft in the summer. And then these releases are spring, summer, and pretty much early winter. Yeah. And, like, it, it varies on who's, like you just said, on who's in which set and who gets the first Bowman and who's, like, the the real popular guys for each release. Yeah. I mean, just judging by this this picture, uh, Khalil Watson for the Miami Marlins. He's a shortstop. Uh, this is, I guess, the Speckle. Uh-huh. I'm going to guess this is a Speckle refractor at 299 on auto. That already looks really damn good. Yeah, I remember seeing that in the preview. And it's just clean. Clean design this year. Clean yeah, silhouette. I love it. The parallels are going to look really good, just like 2019 Bowman did. I love I love this year's design. I can't wait for Bowman Chrome. I'm going to try to get some. Pro- probably not boxes, because they're going to be through the roof. Forget about it. Yeah, they're going to be really hard to find in our area. <laughs> but eBay, singles, Red Sox, most likely. Yeah, anyway. I want to do that with you because I've done a terrible job with the singles. I bring it up because it's true and I want to erase that from history. <laughs> I'm not going to go after every popular guy, but I'm going to go for my Angels and Nationals and just have fun and talk it with you and collect with you and just like we did a few years ago. So it's Bowman season, people. And then the other one that I mentioned, what was it? It was uh, Panini Select Baseball. Um I don't I wasn't big on it when they first brought it out what was in 2020 I think when they first did it because before they put it in Chronicles they put it in Chronicles same with Prism Prism started in Chronicles yeah and then they started bringing it in um um as a full on product yeah, I think they use that 2018 Chronicles and the 2017 Chronicles, which you love. I love the 2017 Chronicles, man. Yeah. That was my favorite. Still is to this day. I think Panini used those two releases, those two years, as a test for the baseball market for their product. But uh, Select is really nice looking for most of the other sports. 
And don't sleep on the baseball because the baseball cards, yeah, it's still Panini, you know, the the, the age old, you know, no logos, but yeah, the parallels and select and some of the inserts are like really nice for select. Yeah, even I mean, though even though we haven't dived a lot into base uh, baseball select, as you said, it's still a really nice product. Yeah, I mean, I I have my own little thing when it comes to Panini and these certain products. Like I feel like, in my opinion, like Prism Select. Uh, Panini Phoenix um, and Mosaic now Mosaic stuff like that the designs really don't change they the really don't part. for the most part they, I feel like they don't really change but I mean I'm looking at the um, designs right now um, for Panini Select I mean they look pretty badass and of course it's Panini all of it is sticker and player worn patches but I mean again it's one of those products where you're not really going after the uh Autograph, it's all color and insert, which in um, in uh, this year's, they have the rarity, there's the lightning strikes insert, rookie explosion, and color wheel. Hmm, those sound interesting. Yeah, so uh, here's what you expect. There's five, five cards per pack, 12 packs per box, 12 boxes per case. Set size is 300. And expected release May 18th, 2022. So, about less than a month. And then, uh, what to expect in a hobby box. You've got two autographs, two memorabilias, five inserts, and three prism parallels. So, pretty much each pack. Or, yeah, pretty much each pack, 12 packs per box. Each pack's going to have something. That's pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, I think, uh, as I said... uh, it's really good for collecting PC players. Nice parallels and inserts. And rainbow, uh, putting together a rainbow. Someone does it. I probably won't get into that much select. I didn't even. I don't even think I have one select card. I think I only have one, and it's Michael Chavis autograph. Yeah, it's like the only one I have. I have a few. I think I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh. And then again, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, when it comes to Panini, they're gold is called gold vinyl it's not a super fractor super fractor is a tops thing just to set the record straight it's the same thing between um a refractor and a uh uh, silver 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 in panini yeah refractor and silver a silver Mm -hmm. in in optic or prism whatever no prism it's a prism but still, yeah, or in optic, basically in yeah. optic, it's that's a silver. But uh, in, in tops, tops, it's a refractor. Yeah. But uh, that's mainly the kind of the big ones that are up and coming for the rest of this month and in May. But one I'll look forward to. Um, I'll be looking into Bowen baseball. Hopefully, try to get into a group break with the Red Sox if they're not too expensive, which I don't think they will be. Compared to the last year, I don't think so. Yeah, forget about it. That was ridiculous. But um, so far, that's what it's looking like right now. So we'll have some products to look forward to. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to uh, getting back into the game. Yeah, because I really haven't bought anything in a really long time. Same here. Really long time. <laughs> but there is one thing that I do. Uh, I wanted to bring up, like I said in the beginning... I saw an article 
Uh, it's something that's been already a thing in the hobby for some reason. I wanted to get your take on it, your opinion. I have my take on it, my opinion on it. Um, but I saw an article that a 2009 Tops rookie of Steph Curry, uh, a PSA 10, sold for almost three times the amount of the same 2009 Tops rookie Steph Curry in a Beckett BGS 9.5. Graded okay. 9.5. So there's tons of different. Not theories, but different interpretations. Yeah, that yeah, they go. That's a better word. Interpretations of why that is, and I think it's because, of of course, I think it's part of the popularity thing that PSA is more popular than BGS, and then that it's a solid grade. It's a ten, a nine, or an eight, or a seven. That's what people care about. But there's the other side to where for anybody that doesn't know BGS or Beckett grading systems, they go by 0.5 uh, solid number, 0.5 solid number. Yeah, the subgrades. Uh, yeah, and the subgrades. And, then, uh, and the subgrades. So, for example, a PSA 10 is a PSA 10. In anybody's mind, oh, that card is flawless it's pristine me personally i don't see it that way because i've seen some or or or, sorry some psa 10 cards in person and i'm like that does not look like a psa 10 i absolutely agree i've seen other collectors who think the same thing because with the whole influx of cards being shipped to psa sometimes the value has been too much that it does happen this is human judgment on the cards errors happen by these grades because you'll see a card that is gem mint 10, but it's not a 10, like you said, or a card that was damaged by PSA and yeah. put in a gem mint 10 slab. And it's obviously damaged, even if the card was pristine before, you know? Yeah. Right. So it, it yeah, it, it's just part of the, part of the market and part of the hobby. And it's, it, it's increased these last few years because, of the absolute influx of cards that have been sent to PSA. Yeah. And then going back to BGS, the way the cards look in the grading, uh, for any for people that don't know or who are curious about it, Beckett grading systems grade their cards the same, 1 through 10, but they go 8, 8.5, 9, 9.5. It's always by 0.5, and then they have four subgrades, which is the edges, the corners, the surface, and... Centering. Centering. Yeah. Those four subgrades. And each one of those get also gets a grade. Also going through 1 through 10. Also through 0.5 systems. And the thing about it, in, in my eyes, obviously some Beckett 9.5s probably, are, well, for sure, probably won't sell as much as a PSA 10. But I think having the subgrades is a good a good thing to have and a good like kind of tool to sell your card for even a higher price. Because for example, at home I have my 2014 Tops Update Mookie Betts rookie card. Yeah. Got that graded. It's a graded 9.5. 
what I think sets my card apart from, let's say, a PSA 10 or even another Beckett 9.5 grade Mookie Betts card is that my subgrade on the corners is a 10. Yeah. That means my corners are sharp. They're not rounded. They're not flaring out from the edges or nothing. They're a solid 10. And that's not the only 10 I have on subgrade. Yeah. But I think I can sell my Mookie Bets if I were to do it. Prob- never will. Please don't. No, never. But if I wanted to, I can sell it for more. Because if someone brings someone, let's say, for example, you. You're interested in a 2014 Mookie Bets rookie card. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two people come up to you and uh, they bring you not PSA 10, but two Beckett 9.5s. They're both graded the same, right? But then you look at the subgrade. I mean, of course, it's me asking you. It's a little bit of like, well, obviously, I'm going to pick the 10 corner. But wouldn't it make sense that you would want the more, the one that's a little bit graded better? Yeah. Because I think, uh, I do believe that my, I think my surface is a 10 and my corners is a 10. And corners, if anybody doesn't know, corners and card collecting is a huge deal. Yeah. Like you do not want your corners dented, rounded, flared out. Yeah, and, and corners could be damaged in packs. Yeah. And yeah, it can come straight from a factory. Mm-hmm. Or it can just be accidental. Like, shit, I dropped the card. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it happens all the time. I've dropped cards before. Luckily, nothing that's like high value or something I have at home. But everyone has dropped a card. Same here. On I, accident. I, I have on accident. <laughs> and then, but that's the thing. It's like, do I think that that subgrade that my corners are a 10 makes my card a little more valuable than let's say someone who brings in a 9.5 or a 9 subgrade but is still an overall a 9.5 like mine yeah do i think mine is more valuable yeah i think so yeah um most collectors would agree with that but um you also gotta count the eye appeal but that is more of like just a an in-person type of thing. If you're looking at the yeah. stuff online, it always takes precedent. These subgrades, higher subgrades, and like, even if one has three tens and it's just a nine-five off for being a, away from a pristine ten, which you want to talk about here in a little bit, right? That's what you would ideally go for as a collector. You want, you want the most, the highest value for that card. You want the nicer looking card. That's that's all it comes down to. Whenever you're chasing like those graded cards you want the nicest looking one of course without breaking the bank but <laughs> everyone wants the nicest looking one absolutely but nowadays everyone has to break their bank pretty much based on these prices sometimes <laughs> yeah and i mean you know you know what do me a favor bring me uh your mike trout yes sir um but uh like all in all i think each one has its uh each people have their preference um People will chase PSAs because obviously PSA is more popular. Um, it is like the go-to even when it comes to wanting to grade the really high-end cards. Majority of them are all graded PSA. Yeah, sorry about the little noise there. But uh, yeah, um, for the most part, especially these younger kids, they always go for the PSAs. Yeah, I mean, like for example, uh, I gifted you this. Was it for your birthday? Christmas? My birthday. I think it was your birthday. It's a uh, from 2013 Panini Prism uh, uh, Mike Trout Rookie of the Year. I think it's an insert, but it has SP on there. Is that short, short print? print? Short yeah. print. 
It is a Beckett BGS Pristine 10. Not a... Black Label? Not a Black Label. It is a 10. But only because of one subgrade, which is the edges are a 10, surface is a 10, corners are a 10, the centering is a 9.5. It was a 0.5 away from being a Black Label. And can I say something real quick? Yeah. I understand there's a 9.5 on there, and I'm not saying, oh, I have a 10 Mike Trout. It's just, to me, not only the sentimental value of that card, which I will never get rid of. Yeah. Absolutely appreciate you for it. But to me, that card is pristine. Like, it is Yeah, I mean, perfect to me. I don't care about that 9.5. It's just, I really appreciate you for giving me that card, but that card, to me, is what to strive for with other cards, but at the same time, it's just, that card means a lot to me, so. Yeah. And you know, I'll I'll take a picture. I'll post it on our on our Instagram so you guys can see what uh, what we're looking at. But um, I mean, but then you go back to a PSA ten, and then a PSA nine. If you were to put them side by side, like let's say without the grade, like cover the grade, how many people do you think out of a hundred would be able to tell the difference between a nine and a ten? I'd say probably twenty percent or less. Now that's low. That's very low for everybody. For everybody in the hobby that thinks they're, you know, uh, I'm an I'm an expert grader. I can look at this. Oh, they're gonna grade it, whatever. Of course, some people kind of have that ability, but like, a lot of times it's gonna be really slim that someone will be able to tell the difference between a PSA nine and a ten. Yeah, because I'm not saying that we know better than anybody or we are better than anybody, but this stuff is so subjective that you're gonna have multiple opinions on different cards, but Sometimes there's a card that's so clean that most people will agree on it, but these cards always vary on condition, and especially some of the older cards. Like a lot of people would struggle with older cards, uh, more vintage type stuff. But uh, it's all subjective, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah. at the same time, it does prove the point you're saying. And then the other thing that comes with also Beckett grading that it. It rarely happens. Now, getting a card graded PSA 10 is not rare at all. It's not. Especially for modern cards, yeah. Yeah, it's it's for modern cards, not rare at all now. Like, almost any card can be a PSA 10. But one thing that Beckett uh, BGS grading systems have is they have the black label pristine 10. Which yes. means the card is a 10. Every four subgrade is a 10. That, in my opinion, means that card is flawless. Yeah. Like, even more flawless than a PSA 10. Of course, if I had to pick between a Black Label 10 and a PSA 10, damn right I'm going to pick the Black Label 10. It just looks better. And it has the Black Label with gold letters instead of a gold label with black letters. So regardless, I'm gonna pick the Black Label Ten. I don't have one. Maybe one day I'll I'll get one for any card. It'd be badass right. to have a card like that. Right. But I mean, I think that the BGS Black Label Ten would sell higher than a PSA Ten. Like, what if that Steph Curry uh, 9.5 that we talked about earlier was a Black Label Ten? Would that sell more than a PSA 10? I think for the most part, yes, because it's an extra caveat for BGS, the black label pristines. Yep. 
But there are a good number of collectors that would still want that gem in PSA 10 because PSA has such a following now, especially with the young crowd and particularly yeah. the basketball crowd. I see yeah. a lot more basketball PSA than I do basketball BGS. But um, as I alluded to earlier, I believe it's subjective and preference. It's even though you were, <laughs> you were really taking a stance on my uh, my example, this is like basically Coca-Cola versus Pepsi. Oh yeah, you oh, are you, you are so pro Coca Cola, which you can, you know, that's all fine and dandy. But I'm just saying there are people that just really love Pepsi, and it's, that's how I see and, and, it. No, and I'm saying that that's fair. Like there are people that love certain things more than others. But if you put numbers up, numbers don't lie. Coke is better than Pepsi, and I think PSA sells better than BGS. That's what I'm saying. Like absolutely. numbers don't lie. PSA sells more than BGS. So absolutely, the numbers don't lie. I think the market absolutely proves that. But others do prefer. Like me personally, I prefer BGS. You prefer PSA. Uh, I actually like SGC, but if I well, had to, well, we're talking about like these two though. I know, but uh, I, I do agree with you. I would choose PSA, but uh, PSA PSA has. To me, changed since I first started collecting four years ago, but uh, it, it's all good. And then the reason why I like BGS, I love the way the bar looks. I mean, PSA, I, I don't, not against it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't not buy a card graded PSA ten. Yeah, but I like the way the a Beckett card looks. Like I like the the casing that it's in. It's thicker than a PSA. It's it's a little shorter than a PSA. I think the card looks better it's it's in a plastic really thin plastic sleeve in there and it's encased psa doesn't do that the card is straight in there and it actually it jiggles yeah sometimes cards shake inside a psa casing yeah and i just think aesthetically just look on my on my shelf the cards that i have graded beckett i think it just looks better at least in, in my opinion i think they look better i hear you because um no matter which grading company you're going for, even though we are talking about PSA and Beckett, you know, a clean card is a clean card. Yeah. And slab cards look really nice, but, you know, you do bring up some good points. It's just, uh, it's just something that, I don't know, as me as a collector, I am open to buying any card slab that I think not only looks good, but is just a high grade. Like, okay. Like a lot of people chase gem in tens and nine point fives, and some people are even just going all black label pristines for their collections. Crazy, yeah. But you know, the I I would still get a card, you know, mint nine PSA or Beckett nine silver label if I think the card looks really good. That's just me. I haven't bought a lot of slabs. But I'm not turning away those nines or even maybe some of those eights, especially for the thicker cards. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, not every card is perfect and not every grade. You know, to me, I've learned this from so many people that you don't buy the grade, you buy the card. Yeah. But have heard the, that from tons but, of people. Yeah, but the market is so driven by grades. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But it doesn't change the fact that, like I said, nice cards are nice cards. Mint is mint to me. And like... You know, nice cars are just still worth purchasing and not just numbers. And, and you know what I mean? That's that's how, how my philosophy for graded collecting. Yeah. And then for me, a lot of my cars that I got graded, for one, because I was new to grading. I had never had a graded card. Yeah. 
I'd bought a few, but I never sent one in for my own grading purposes. And the first time I sent three of them, it was my uh, my Mookie Betts uh, rookie card. It yes. was my Andrew Benintendi from, I think it was Heritage, from a blaster auto. Yeah. Uh, an auto from a blaster that I had pulled. And it was my, damn, what was the other one? Oh, it was a card that I don't have anymore. It was the Michael Keaton card, the autograph. Oh, yeah, it's from the Spider-Man Homecoming set. Yeah, well, I don't have that card anymore. But that it was, was those that, three. That was a cool card. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I don't uh, I don't have it anymore, but it was those three. And it was the first time I got into grading, and I wasn't expecting all three to come back a 9.5, much less the Mookie Betts, but, which I'm happy to have, which is never going anywhere. But another reason why I like uh, grading certain cards is... Not because I plan to sell it in the future or I hope that, oh, I hope it grades high. Of course, I hope it comes back a gold label. It just looks better. Yeah. But because they look good slabbed. And I know a lot of people do that. They grade them because they want their card slabbed. They want it protected, you know. Like these protective slabs have UV protection that, you know, protect the auto or protect the color or whatever on the card. And, um, you know, that's. One of the reasons why I like grading certain cards, I just want them to look, I want them to look pretty on my mantle or on my shelf or wherever I have them displayed. I agree with you, but you know that has come with a uh, double-edged sword effect in my opinion, because not only, I absolutely agree with you, but a lot of, this has been recent, a lot of people are just sending in so many cards of like, not just, not that they're not valuable, it's just, uh, they're considered what, everyone's calling junk slabs really low value cards that people are just sending in just to have low pop oh like the Fortnite cards that and like <laughs> maybe of a, a veteran guy who's like in his 12th season and he's he's a good player but he's not really sought after in the hobby but he'll get they'll send a bunch of cards of him getting graded in no matter what the grade is they they just do it just to drive up the registry and the pop reports that's so, true. But that is like the ugly side of what you're mentioning. The good side is like really good looking cards slabbed. But in recent years, it has come with the uh, sort of a, a cost because the market has been flooded with these quote unquote junk slabs. I just thought I'd bring that up. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, you kind of remind me of another point. Um, a, a lot of re, uh, people that do grade their cards... A lot of the times, it's a lot better just to leave it raw, because if you're if you want to grade it, hoping for a high grade, of course this this comes with if you're hoping for a high grade, like if you know that it's gonna come in high, then okay send it. But if you don't know if it's gonna come in high and you send it and it comes back low, then the card of the va- the value of the card drops a lot. And yeah. people don't know that. We've seen examples of that here yeah. locally. Uh, a couple guys uh, sent orders with Jordan, and they had really nice cards, but the condition was really not ideal. At they ended up, as you said, pretty much lowering the value of their cards by having mediocre grades. Yeah, and you know it, it comes with that risk, that same risk. Like if I'm going to send this card in to get graded, is it going to come back high or not? And a lot of times, and I've seen it all over. You know, some Instagram posts that people get their cards graded for, you know, either Beckett or PSA and they crack it out of the, the casing because they should have just left it raw. 
right. because they don't like the grade. Right. And I think that's a little selfish in my opinion, but hey, to each their own. Yeah. I know. I know that. I think what was that card? No, it's it's a. Uh, no, I don't think I've ever done that. No, because all my cards have come back in nine five. For the most part. No, all of them. No, no, yeah, yeah. Like you, you know what to send, and you. Oh gone, yeah. You've got good results. And yeah, but I don't. Even now, recently, I really haven't gotten any card that I want graded or anything. No, because a lot of it is like really new and like it's still yeah. up in the air type of thing. But like the main guys you mentioned, you have some really nice cards of them. Yeah. So, but I mean that's that whole PSA uh, versus Beckett grading a thing going on that I kind of I saw an article. It's been around for a long time, but I thought I brought it up. Get your your take on it. Get your opinion on it. See what you thought. Alrighty. But um, I guess now that that's done. Let's uh let's have a little fun. Let's Ooh, take a look at the Beckett. I love having fun. Let's, let's take a look at the Beckett, which it's the May Beckett. Wander Franco is on the cover. Oh, your boy, Wander. Yeah, he ain't mine. <laughs> uh, Wander Franco is on the cover, which I'm going to take a guess that the June, no, July cover will be Miguel Cabrera. And showcasing all of his rookie cards, all the upper deck stuff. All that stuff. I can see that easily. Yeah. So I don't know about June. Um, I'm gonna take a guess. I'm I'm just gonna go out a limb. I don't know why. It's gonna have something to do with the the almost perfect game. But I'm gonna say June's cover is gonna have Clayton Kershaw on it. Mm, that's a good guess. That's just a guess. But my my guess it was Julio Rodriguez in June. That's a good guess. That's a pretty good guess, by the way. We'll see. But for me, it's uh. Wander Franco for June, we'll see. July, my guess, is going to be Miguel Cabrera. But, uh, of course, we'll take a look at the hot list, which is a top 25 list of baseball cards from all products to see uh, which one is number one all the way through number five. And just like I predicted from one of the latest episodes when we talked about David Ortiz being on number one, Mike Trout's back on number one. Ooh, Mike I Trout. I guess. There's back no arguing one. that he deserves to be number one. Again. Um, but guess who's <laughs> number two? Uh, I did take a quick look oh, earlier, right, but right. I don't re- <laughs> no, but I don't remember. Is it Marcelo Mayer? No. He's number three. Okay. Number two is Wander Franco for his uh for twenty twenty two tops rookie card. I've been seeing that card everywhere. Yeah. And you know what? How much was that card selling for when it first hit the market? Uh, I, oh gosh, um, I believe raw base um, twenty five to fifty. When it first hit, I, I have no idea. No, it was like four or five hundred dollars. Oh my goodness! Yeah, like when it first hit. Oh, I was being reasonable. That was that's completely unreasonable. <laughs> no, yeah, and guess how much it is now? I uh, two fifty to three. Nope. On a low of $10 and a high of $25. Yes, because I told you I've been seeing it everywhere. So, I mean, now is the time. If you're going to go get a Wander, I guess hold on to it. At least a base. Yeah. Because this happened in 2018 with Ronald Acuna and Juan Soto. Everyone was trying to either pick one or the other or get both. And not everyone got what they should have gotten of those two. And now look at their prices. Yeah. I mean, Juan Soto's on here. He's number four. And it's not that high. 
that's fine with me. I, I'll, oh, yeah. take, <laughs> I'll take all the Juan Soto cards I can buy. But uh, but I mean, if if you're into that, I don't know if it's. I made a post on Instagram about it that if that's if this is the next 2011 of Tops update, Mike Trout card I, for the future, card for the future. But who knows? Hey, out of the gate, what you just mentioned, people were already treating it like it was. That's true. Out of the gate with that series one. And now you can buy this card for ten to twenty five dollars, which is like not bad. Yeah, because there's probably way more twenty twenty two Wander Franco base than there is two thousand eleven Mike Trout printed. Yeah. So I mean, but that's that's the new number two because he wasn't on last issues because of course last issue, uh, the top series one had just released, so it's not on there anymore. But again. Uh, number three is Marcelo Mayer, his auto. Number four is Juan Soto. Number five is Jordan Law. Was it Lawler? Lawler. Yeah. L A W L A R. Yeah, Lawler. Yeah, he's on there. David Ortiz is still on here. Anthony Volpe is still on here. Um, let's see who much. Oh wow, check this one out. So, last issue. 2019 Bowman Chrome Prospect autograph Julio Rodriguez on a low of $300 and a high of $800. He was the last issue at number 19. He's now number 9. Jumped 10 spaces. I think if he really even plays decently, he's going to be in the top 5 for the whole summer. If he does bad... Top 5? That's high. Yes. I would say top 10. Well, he's already in the top 10. Well, no, I think he'll stay top 10. Oh, yeah, definitely. But if he has a decent showing, if he does great, he's going to be one, two, or three for most of the summer. If he does decent, he'll. I still think he'll be top five because, don't get me wrong, Bobby Wood Jr., um, Seiya Suzuki, and maybe, I don't know about Stephen Kwan, but the guys who are performing good right now, I think Julio Rodriguez will leapfrog most of those guys hobby-wise, even if he does decently, because there's just something about that kid that I could see him being really sought after in the hobby. And who knows, his rookie card might come out in uh, in Top Series 2, which I think comes out in June. So he might come out in there. But um, a guy who uh, lost 10 spaces is Bobby Witt Jr., his 2020 Bowman Chrome. He's now number 10. He was uh, number 5 spot last issue. Yeah, and we saw him at bat a little while ago um, on a game today. But uh, he had a decent first couple days, but uh, he had a really uh, below average uh, couple Rough. weeks. So we'll see how he uh, heads into the month of May going forward. And then another guy on here who actually dropped back another 10 spaces. Last issue, he was number seven. Now he's number 17. Is 2014 Bowman Chrome autograph of Mookie Betts. He's now number 17. Mookie goes up and down the hobby so much, but like, I know he hasn't been anywhere near his MVP numbers, but Hell no. Mookie Betts is still that guy to me. Like, uh, he's worth collecting and not just because of you know his accolades but I still think he's one of the best players in the game even though his like I said his numbers aren't very good but he I think he could have a really hot streak at any given moment and he's worth collecting 
He had his first two home run game this year. That's what I mean. Days ago. That's what I mean. Like, I think he could stop the streakiness and actually have a, a real hot stretch. But I mean, a couple of guys on here, or a couple of cards on here that made the list that weren't on the last issue. I mean, they've been on an they've been on an issue, but they weren't on the last one. Like for example, um, we'll start low. It's like this is a brand new one. He's at number five. He's on the rise right now. He wasn't on the last issue. Is uh, twenty twenty Bowman Chrome Prospect autograph from the L.A. Dodgers, Andy Pages. I am not familiar with him. No idea. Outfielder for the yeah L.A. Dodgers. His autograph made it on here. He's on the rise on a low of uh, seventy five dollars and a high of two hundred dollars. This goes to show that we're not prospectors because we haven't heard of this yeah. guy. And then another L.A. Dodger prospect is also on here, which he wasn't on last issue. From 2016, Bowman Chrome um, shortstop O'Neill Cruz. Who is with the Pittsburgh Pirates right now. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So but, he's on here now. But 2016, Bowman, wow. That's a, a long six, time ago, six years. Six-year stretch, so... He must have been like 17 or 18. Now he's like 23, 24, maybe. I don't know. He's got to be. But, I mean, a couple of guys on here. Um, Adley Rutschman's on here again. He wasn't on the last issue, but he's been on here. Yeah. A guy on here that I'm not too familiar with is 2020 Bowman Chrome prospect from the uh, Atlanta Braves outfielder Michael Harris. I remember him. Oh, his is also on the rise. $60 $60 uh, on the low and then 150 on the on the high and rising. I think he was in the same Bowman class as Shea Langiers. I could be wrong. Oh, that's, oh I think so. Even though Shea Langiers, right. Shea Langiers is with the Oakland Athletics now along with Christian Pache. But uh, yeah, um, I think Mr. Uh, Harris, right? Uh, Michael Harris. Yeah, I think he was the same Bowman class as Shea Langiers. I could be wrong. And then... One last dude on here. He made a jump. Wasn't on the last issue. He jumped up. Number 11. There's a lot of 2020 guys on here. Uh, 2020 Bowman Chrome. Francisco Alvarez for the Mets. Catcher. I, I don't know a lot about him. Me neither. Not too uh, Not too familiar. You know who's still on here? And yeah, well, he moved down three spaces. Max Scherzer. His uh, 2008 Tops Update rookie card. <laughs> He was number 15 last issue. Now he's number 18. Yeah, he always seems to fluctuate in the rankings. But uh, yeah. you know what I just realized? And can I bring this up? Does it shock you how many catchers are always on the Bowman hot list? Right last, now, the there's last... one, two, three, four. I think there's five. That's a lot for catchers, in yeah. my opinion, because five catchers are not usually sought after in the hobby. No. But, like, I know Adley Rushman really leads that pack, but uh, I've been noticing the last, like, three, four years, catchers are always highly sought after. They're always, like, in the, in the, in the hot list. Yeah, all the time. Compared to, you know, outfielders and, you know, the more popular prospects. Yeah. But uh, that's so far, that's a couple of new guys that made the jump on here. A lot of them I don't recognize. Some of them I kind of do. But uh, it's not from the last issue. It's not really changed as much. I like that list. There's a guy on that list. I don't know what number he is because I don't remember. But um, 
just to bring this up, one guy, I told you about this the other day, one guy I really missed out on, and I, I even at the time I knew I should have invested in him, and I just love his game, um, Is uh, and I want to make up for it this year, is uh, Luis Robert. Oh, yeah, he's still on here. He's yeah. still on here. He, yeah, he dropped quite a bit. Which is good for me because, you know, I, I, I want to collect him. Yeah. And I like As I said, I did a poor job of it, but... Hopefully, while everyone else is going after Wander, I can get me some nice Luis Robert cards. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, from 2018 Bowman Chrome. Uh, well, yeah, 2018 Bowman Chrome. Last issue was at number nine. Now he's at 14. For 25 low and then 60 on the high. Good list. Yeah, pretty good. Not really changed as much. Tani's still on here, of course. Soto's still on here, of course. Now Wander Franco's number two now. Mike Trout's number one. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, Mike Trout's number one. Yeah, he'll always be number one. <laughs> Unless he gets hurt. And he's Mm-mm. not playing anymore. Mm-mm. No bad juju. But uh, as far as talking the hobby, that's pretty much all I have. Yeah. Um, as I said, I just think this year is such a good year. And I think Bowman's really going to kick off. The like the real heart of the baseball collecting season, the summer and early fall. Yeah, it and, always does. And especially uh, once Bowman comes out, gets hot. Absolutely. And I'm just looking forward to all these releases because we've mentioned them before. But Chrome, Stadium Club, even like, you know how much I love um, Heritage and Heritage High Number and Archives. But just the Panini products and, you know, there's just going to be a... F- Good stuff this year, I believe. So I'm just looking forward to finally just after a year plus off of really going in on baseball <laughs> yeah. product, it's going to be really fun to get back in there. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll try to keep a, an eye on the new products that are coming out, new uh, prospects that are on the rise, or even not just prospects, regular cards that already been out or up and rising guys that are on the rise. So we'll keep an eye out. But... Yeah. As far as this episode, episode number 10, pretty much just talking hobby. Uh, don't really have much else. We'll have an episode next week. Yeah, I think we should uh, definitely do like a good re- recap of the Bowman season, quote unquote, after yeah. it's it's been fully uh, rendered out. And uh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. And you know, we'll have to do a full episode dedicated to when Bowman baseball comes out May 4th. And just looking at prices of cards on eBay and then of of uh, breakers out there that have prices for certain teams and to why they're that high. And then we go into, because the checklist will be out. Yeah. So, and then we'll go into like, well, how come this team is like $400 a spot? Well, let's check it out. Well, holy shit. They got like five prospect guys in there. So yeah, we'll, we'll dedicate a whole episode to that. Yeah. I think that'll be pretty fun. That sounds really fun. And, uh, Listeners, uh, let us know what you are going to be collecting in the, not just Bowman season, but going into May and early summer, because uh, I'm just curious to see what everyone else is feeling and collecting out there at the moment. Yeah. And uh, episode 11, that'll come out hopefully by next week. Um, Again, we'll be going over more baseball stuff, maybe a little bit more hobby stuff. And I do believe for that episode, we will have our first interview first guest first interview first interview and it will be from the sunday league the podcast 
my fellow Red Sox fan, oh. Boski from Sunday League, the podcast. How about that? And they reside in Southern California. How about it? So uh, we'll, we'll be talking to them about baseball, Red Sox, Red Sox. And baseball? And baseball. Whoa. But I do, uh, I did want to, when that interview does happen, I do want to ask him about, you know, when he played Bush League Baseball, if he has any stories like that, because I'd be really interested. I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be really fun. So hopefully that um, that interview will be included in episode 11. Um, but again, thank you guys for listening to episode number 10. Thank you for sticking with us through episode number 10. Uh, yes. We reached... For our first nine episodes, no, actually our first eight episodes, we've already reached over 120 downloads, which is awesome. That is so cool. To me, that is, it It means a lot. Thank you so much. Uh, we enjoy doing this. We love talking baseball in general. We love talking hobby. We could talk about it all day long. But, of course, no one's going to listen to a 24-hour long podcast. Right. And but, <laughs> Absolutely. But we appreciate every single one of you listening and looking forward to interacting with you in the future and just talking about not just the game of baseball and collecting, but the, what we're passionate about, why we're doing this. And it's just been so much fun. So thank you all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you again. That's it. I'll do it for episode number 10. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Adios.